All right, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast, brought to you by the guys at Red Triangle Sports. I'm your host, Matt Kozlowski, Denver Desert Dog. Um, joining me tonight, the Steel Curtain, Eddie Mitchum. How's it going, buddy? Super duper. You excited to do the podcast tonight? Uh, You're just here so you don't get fined? <laughs> <laughs> I have to give credit to one of my 16-year-old baseball players for reminding me how funny that was. Let's just say practices got a little tiring at some point in the fall, and he told me he was just here so he doesn't get fined. <laughs> and then one of his friends who knows nothing about professional sports responded with, Why would you get fined? So. <laughs> also joining us from Teabag, Shane Stein. Big week, Matt. Excited to be here. Yeah, it's a big week for you. Um, it's probably the week my season ends, though. So I'm hoping that. Yeah, I'm hoping that. I, know. <laughs> I know you don't want to see me in the playoffs. I don't. Not at all. <laughs> I, I want to get rid of me as quickly as possible. I'm a cockroach. Fantasy <laughs> cockroach. All right, so interesting night on the waiver wire. We'll get to that um, here in a little bit, but we're going to start off, as we usually do, with some trivia from uh, T-Bag himself. All right, um... A little, little late notice trivia here. I wasn't prepared as much today, but I think I came across a decent one. Are you going to ever understand that we always start the show with trivia? <laughs> I will. <laughs> um, last year I feel like I was more prepared, but I'm still come up with some good ones, so I, th- I like this one. Um, there are 13 players in the NFL at the wide receiver position that have scored 100 fantasy points or more in our league. How many of the 13 can you guys name? You guys want to go stump the swab on this one, or do you want to go just... Yeah, we'll go back and forth. We'll go back and forth, all right. So, Eddie, you can go first. Uh, can I say none of them are steel curtain players? Does that count as a win? I think one of them is. But you have to guess one. Uh, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown is on the list. He has 118.1. Where's he ranked? He is 7th. Alright, I'm going to go A.J. Green. A.J. Green is number one. 141.1. Adrian Jeremiah. Crabtree. Michael Crabtree's on the list. He is number six. 120.4. Julio Jones. Or as Papa Claus would say, Julio Jones. <laughs> Julio is number two. 136.4. So, Ed aiming for middle of the pack, guys. Cobb's going right for the top. This is interesting. Hey, I'm stumped already. I can't even think right now. Nine names out there, big guy. I can't think of any of them. Come on, man. I really think you got one of them on your team. Landry? No, I think the other one. Marvin? I think so. You have to say it, though. I don't think he is. <laughs> Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is number three. 124.7. I will go with T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton's number four. That was kind of the reason that I brought this up. I did not realize he's had that many points. <laughs> he's been 120.9. I think he's got a lot of touchdowns this year. Mike Evans. 
Mike Evans is number five, 120.5. Wow, so we got the top seven so far. We're really good, Ed. I'm going to say it, Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones is number nine. Very good. Uh, 110.9. I know I have at least one more. <clears throat> it's a struggle bus for me. Let's go with Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham's number twelve. Very good. Oh, good guess. Hundred and two points. <clears throat> I knew it wasn't by much. Um, Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is number eleven. 104.9. So you guys need 8, 10, and 13 are still out there. <clears throat> if you guys can pull these off, that would, I would gain a lot of respect for you two in the fantasy world. Eddie, it looks like you are searching on your computer. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at teams so I can people. I know the teams I'm not even thinking of right now. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> like oh gosh that didn't even help there's still no one that I can even think of uh Yowzer. Deafening silence on the pod. I know. I'm just waiting to grab my next name. <laughs> good good uh, radio here. <laughs> Let me... Goes with our radio faces. <laughs> we do have three pretty good radio faces. <laughs> uh, I don't think we do well on TV. <laughs> Let me go with... Five, four, oh, three, no! two, uh, one... I need a name. Give me something. Emmanuel Sanders? That's bad. Emmanuel Sanders is number 14. Oh. Lassie is 97.7. That's a great guess, though. Um, Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor's on the list. Oh, that. He is number 10. What? Uh, 105.4. Thanks for that, bro. So, Kaz, you're still in it if you want to go for the last two here. All right. Um... Say one you could be able to think of, and one if you could think of, then you have just been paying attention way too much. <laughs> <laughs> I have a name in mind Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley is not uh, right. anywhere, he's number 28. Oh, wow! So good season so far for Beasley, but yeah. Um, Devontae Adams. Adams is 17. Alright. So. Quincy and Nunwa. Nunwa is 22nd. Alright. 
guess. One more guess. Definitely didn't see that. I wouldn't have guessed that at all. So, so yeah, thirteen guys. Both the uh, both of the Broncos guys round out the fifth top fifteen. Sanders in fourteenth, and Demarius point two behind in fifteenth. Thought about maybe saying Demarius, but um, if Sanders wasn't there, I didn't think he would be. Griff, you're gonna have to calm down, dude, or you're gonna get kicked out of the room here. Um, All right, let's talk about the waiver wire. Uh, I thought it would be an interesting one this week. Turns out I was right. Um, we had a lot of bids. Uh, first one, Dak Prescott, $32 to the power. Anton Smith, 26 to the park. Kendall Wright, 20 to the franchise. Tim Hightower, 12 to the Wolves. Austin Hooper, 11 to the franchise. Um... Panthers D, $6 to the park. Adam Humphreys, $5 to the hammer. Peyton Barber, $4 to myself. Dewan Harris, $1 to myself. I got the Lions D for a dollar as well. Seabass to the franchise for a buck. And the Dolphins D to the franchise for a buck. Um, unsuccessful bids were Austin Hooper to the park. Um, I had $7 bids in on... Tower, Hightower and Anton Smith and Dak Prescott was a $10 bid for Butler as he was looking to upgrade his quarterback position this week. Um, anything stand out? I know Shannon Breacher you want to talk about Dak Prescott for 32 to Jeremy. Yeah. Obviously a pretty big bid there for a quarterback. Um, obviously the power we talked about today, the power in a situation where they need to win. Um, Obviously, they needed a quarterback for this week. Uh, I guess I, I'm always the, the biggest pessimist when it comes to the big bids on quarterbacks on the waiver wire. Um, and I just feel like it's a position where you, you can kind of plug just about anyone in there and get a decent game. But I guess when you're in dire straits like that and you absolutely have to win, um, you got to go up and pay up and, and get the guy you want. Uh, I guess a matchup against Cleveland is just about as good as you can get, so... Yeah, I was okay with it. 32 is a lot. Um, I was talking to Jeremy last night, and um, he had told me he was going to put a bid in for Dak. He didn't know how much how much he'd have to go. I told him I didn't think it'd have to be much. I actually thought Eddie would be the one that had a bid in with him. Um, it ended up being Butler, but he changed his mind. I ended up going with 32 bucks. He said he needed to get that guy to hopefully win this week and keep his season rolling, so... Um, at this point, I think I said to you, Shane, $32 is 
if it can get you a win, it's well worth it. So, um, hopefully it works out for, for him there. Where did you stand um, on the running backs that were available this week? I, I was kind of surprised you didn't have a bid in, but you didn't really have anyone to drop, I don't think. Yeah, I was in a tough position this week. I wanted to put some bids in, but with the amount of buys that I have on my team this week, I didn't really have players that I wanted to drop yet. Um, or I just I weighed whether or not Hightower was definitely a guy I, I considered adding. Um, it was hard to ignore his workload last week, um, especially going up against the San Francisco defense this week. But I don't know. I, I don't know if I trust him Hightower enough compared to the guys that I had. So. He was definitely a guy I considered. Um, I don't know that I really wanted any shares of the Tampa Bay backfield going forward. I think that Martin's going to be back soon. Uh, it, just, it just wasn't worth it for a one-week fill-in for me. I kind of liked my running back matchups this week, so that was kind of where I stood. I, I figured I wasn't going to be able to put a big enough bid in to get any of the guys that they were going to be big impact for one week. Eddie, if you hadn't been in a Sons of Fantasy Football League coma, are there any that you were interested in? stab on Peyton Barber. Um, he's in the lineup tonight. Thought about it a lot. Um, just kind of feel like he's pretty similar to Jaquiz Rogers. I know Anton Smith's a change of pace guy, but I'm really just hoping Barber falls in the end zone tonight. Maybe gets me 10 points and gives me a shot. So, <clears throat> Yeah, you kind of got to roll the dice there. I, know, I wasn't really sure who it was going to be for, for those two guys, uh, him and Smith. So, I mean, you roll the dice. You hope he gets in the end zone once and going to be a good night for it if he does. Yeah, I mean, the news that broke out before the game that they announced Barber would be the starter, he's gotten about five carries so far here on the first drive. So I'm pretty happy with uh, what's gone on so far. But the fact that he's been there all year, he's shown that he has some big play ability. Um, kind of felt it was worth it. So, wow, that was a ridiculous play by Cameron Bray right there. Uh, <laughs> it sure was. <laughs> Coming back. Oh, it is. Was he down? His, the guy's knee touched his foot, so that should be coming back. All right, maybe we'll have an opportunity for a Barber touchdown here. I also wanted to play Peyton Barber solely because of the podcast and Shane being here. I, I, <laughs> I, I did it for the show, first and foremost. So Gives you, us the good, you got the Matty Ice-Barber combo. I got Mike Evans going. Gives yeah, us a lot to watch. Yeah. Um, not a whole lot to talk about otherwise. I mean, I thought Hooper was a good ad for the franchise this week. He's got another week with a lot of guys on by, it looks like. Um, and then Dewan Harris, that was just really a bid, just in case Hyde doesn't play for me. I think Harris is now the number two guy in San Francisco. So I actually thought uh, the Panthers' D was a good ad. Um, yeah. I, thought, I, I think that could be a sneaky good ad. They were really good last year. Um, people forget how good the Panthers' D was. Little shaky start to the to the year so far, but they get a good matchup this week uh, against anyone the Rams can throw out at the quarterback spot. Uh, we saw what that looked like in, in London a couple weeks ago. 
Um, could be a sneaky ad going forward here the rest of the year. I agree. Um, I needed a defense this week. Ended up going with the Lions. Not thrilled about it, but rolling dice against that awful Minnesota offense. Watched that whole game on uh, Monday night, and that was pretty poor. So, hoping, hoping it's a chance there. Let's move into the week nine matchups. Back into the last five weeks of divisional play here. Um, little public service announcement. The trade deadline is the Wednesday before Thanksgiving at midnight. So we have just under three weeks left to make trades. Um, still a lot that can happen. Still a lot that can shake out. Looks like sure. Um, finally is admitting to himself that Paul Perkins maybe not a keeper option since he dropped him. <laughs> I know he's tried to sell him to anybody and everybody that would listen as a keeper. Um, sure, all I have to say is you're better than that, buddy. So uh, let's get into franchise versus Abusement Park. Start off with the Fleetwood franchise here. Touched on a little bit. Um, my question for them is can Mark Ingram bounce back? I think he's going to still get um, opportunities this week. Still a good matchup, even if Hightower were to get a handful of touches. I still think Ingram could get 10 or 15 touches against that awful San Francisco run defense. I still think there's some potential for Ingram, but I have clearly been the highest on him in the podcast. So uh, just curious to hear what you guys think about Mark Ingram this week, if he has any uh, chance to bounce back. Um, I've been the biggest Ingram hater since the offseason trade, so um, with that being said, I think if he doesn't bounce back this week, you can you can put him on the shelf because after this, he's got Denver, Carolina, which seems to be a defense on the rise, like Shane said, and then the Rams, um, who are usually pretty tough against the run, so that's back-to-back-to-back weeks where you're not really going to be able to rely on him, so I think if he doesn't bounce back this week, it's, it's going to be really dreadful leading into the playoffs weeks 10, 11, 12. Um, so I, I think it's do or die for him. Yeah, kind of shocking that he was kind of their staple, their workhorse. And then, I mean, one early fumble last week, and I don't know if he just went in the doghouse right away or what happened there. But, I mean, they gave all the touches to Hightower last week. That would be really worrisome for the uh, Ingram owner. There's got to be, do we agree, or am I on an island here thinking there's got to be something behind the scenes that we don't know? Just with, it's been a very weird season with the way they treated him. The goal line carries haven't been his. They've given the ball to just about everybody there. The workload has not been remotely close to the same. I mean, he was still getting around 15 carries a game. It just seems weird to me, or no? Yeah, it's really confusing. That's kind of what I'm getting. I mean, last year he was he was their guy, man. They, they fed him the rock. I mean... He was getting a lot of touches, and then all of a sudden this year, it just—it seemed like it went the way it started out. It was going to be that way again, and then last week happens, and now it's just really confusing. I'm not really sure. Yeah, it's almost like the Saints days of old, where the, the Breeze has so many passing weapons now that the running back isn't really as big a threat. Um, I think that might be the case. I think the emergence of Michael Thomas has really hurt uh, Ingram. I think Fleener, he's been a little disappointing, but I think that definitely hurt Ingram as well. So, I like him to bounce back this week, but I agree, Ed. If it doesn't happen this week, definitely raises some red flags for me finally as a, a Mark Ingram backer. Let's move over to Abusement Park. We talked about Cole Beasley. 
He's had a nice, uh, nice season so far. He's been in double digits more often than not. You guys worried about Cole Beasley moving forward now that Dez is back? Um, don't really think Beasley was much of an option against the Eagles. He only had four catches for uh, 53 yards. It was his worst game of the season. Um, I definitely have some concerns about Beasley's involvement. Dez looked good. I think he's still going to be involved um, in certain games. I think it's going to be less consistent. I think it's going to be back to the kind of the Cole Beasley of old where he gets a, gets a game where there's a bunch of catches and, and then doesn't. Um, I think the reason why he wasn't highly involved until late is because I think the I think the Eagles seem like they wanted to rush four and play coverage a lot. Um, and, and I think that he seems to be a hot route option. When, when Dak can figure out where the blitz is coming from, he gets out of his hand quickly to him. And he's a good uh, run-after-the-catch kind of guy. It didn't seem like the Eagles wanted, wanted to blitz much. Um, uh, I don't think Des being, as weird as it sounds, I don't think Des being back really hurts Beasley's role because they're two completely different guys. I think he's, he's the get-it-out-of-your-hand-quick kind of guy. So I think he still has value. I just think it's going to be sporadic. I think it definitely hurts his value um, with Des back. As much as you want to believe that Des Bryant's going to end up being a great teammate, we've seen in the past, if he doesn't get the ball enough, eventually he's going to get upset. And he's going to want the ball being thrown to him more. Um, and since he's the star player, that's what's going to happen with the Cowboys. Um, Dak Prescott seems to be a guy that doesn't really care who he's throwing to. Um, he tries to find the open guy, but I just feel like Beasley's touches are going to start going down a little bit. He's going to turn into more of a two, three catch a game kind of guy. Um, I'm really concerned about his fantasy value going forward. Yeah, I, I tend to lean here more with Shane. I mean, Dez had 14 targets in that game, only four catches, but there was a concerted effort to get him the ball. Now, one thing the Eagles did, they played, it looked like one-on-one coverage against Dez most of the time, which certainly helps um, feeding him the target on one, or feeding him the rock on one-on-one situations because there's arguably not a better receiver um, in the league to go up against one-on-one if you trust your quarterback. Um, I agree with the fact that Dak likes to spread the ball, but I think I think Dez is clearly the guy they want to feed. It may have been, you know, attacking the small Philadelphia corners, but I think in the right matchup, Beasley's still playable, but I don't think he's a plug-and-play guy at any at any point now this year. Who do you guys have winning this one? It's a big matchup in uh, in the Favre division. Franchise sitting at 4-4. Four and four. They've lost two in a row. Park sitting at 5-3, and three, have won, two in, uh, won three in a row. This is this is a huge one. Who do you guys have winning? Uh, well. Good week to get sure with David Johnson on by. And Gronk. And Gronk. And Eifert. Yeah. And and the highly heralded uh, James White. <laughs> so, yeah, but I mean that's what I looked at at first, looking at the matchup. But then you look up at the franchise, and it's not it's not great in some spots. Uh, concern for Macklin without Alex Smith. He's already been not very good this year. Uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe that bodes better for him. Maybe Foles just seeks him out. Um, I'll go with the franchise, though. I'm not sure why. <laughs> well, if you've been listening to the podcast for the last year and a half, 
kind of got to know which way I'm leaning here. Um, but with all the things you said, I think the franchise are going to pull it out here in a low-scoring game. I'll take the franchise as well. Love what they did on the waiver wire, getting some guys in good matchups this week. I think uh, it was, I think that they did the things necessary uh, to put themselves in a position to win this week. So I will also back the guys from Fleetwood. Let's move over to Team Ice Cream versus the Seawolves. Uh, another big matchup in the Favre Division, 5-3, and three, Ice Cream versus 4-4 four and four Seawolves. Start off with the ice cream first. Is Aaron Rodgers against Indianapolis at home the top quarterback this week? Yeah, I'll buy that. I'll, I'll put him top three. I don't know all the matchups right now. I haven't done any daily lineups yet, but I'll buy these top three. I think he's um, settling in a little bit. He's, he's definitely gotten better the last two weeks. He's finding a way to get Jordan Nelson open down the field. So, um, Indianapolis is a bad defense. So, yeah, I'll buy top three. I'd have to look closer to see if he's number one. Um, I was going to say no, he's not going to be the top one. Uh, I still like Cameron Newton. I'm going to go with him every week. I think he's going to break out eventually. But... Gotta like Rodgers against Indianapolis. They're just bad. Touchdown pass from Matt Ryan. Desert Dogs needed that. With Mike Evans catching the touchdown. Uh, I think Rodgers is the top quarterback this week. That's why I asked the question. I think one of the things you have to think about right now is they don't really have a running game, so he's going to throw it 50 times. And Indianapolis, uh, just bad, bad defense. Really bad football team. So I think Rodgers is a big game this week. Someone may have a bigger game, but I think he's the guy that you definitely trust the yeah, most absolutely. this week. Uh, move over to the Seawolves. Gets a nice little breath of fresh air here with getting Corey Coleman back. What do you guys expect from Corey Coleman this week and moving forward for the rest of the season? <clears throat> it's a tough question to ask what you expect of a guy that hasn't played in, what, six weeks? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure what his role is going to be, but the emergence of Ty, uh, Pryor, Terrell Pryor. So, I think that's tough. I think Dallas's defense has been um, a little bit sneaky. I think they're better than what some people give credit for. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, he's going to have to have a role for them to be relevant, probably, in the game, even though they're getting better. I don't know. That's a tough question. Are we sure the Browns want to be relevant? <laughs> I'm not sure. Considering that they just... Jackson tra- says he wants to win a game. They traded for Chad Henney this week. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure about anything that the Browns do. Uh, I think Corey Coleman's really good. Um, but it's tough to back anyone on the Browns and say that they're going to be a consistent performer. Um, Pryor's been a breath of fresh air. He's been, gr- he's been great, but... I'll just say Coleman's a flex play for me. He's a flex two for me. Um, I think I'd have him in there if I had him. Um, But I'm not expecting too much out of him. I would like Corey Coleman better if Josh McCown were the guy the rest of the way. Looks like Cody Kessler is going to get the job back this week, which I just can't quite understand. I think that goes back to Shane's question about are we sure the Browns want to be relevant? 
Uh, Phil kind of has to play him this week. He's got a bunch of guys on by too. Jordan Reed, Jeremy Hill, Chris Hogan, Crowder. Um, he's kind of in a position where he's got to run Coleman out there. I think this might be a decent matchup for him this week. We saw that the Eagles, I think, could have had a really nice game passing against Dallas if Nelson Aguilar and Jordan Matthews could catch footballs, but apparently they're not good at their job. Um, but I think I think Coleman could have a big week. He, he was really, really good before he went out with the injury. Uh, five for 104 and two scores in week two, and he had two big plays in uh, week one against Philly, and then he got hurt and didn't play the last uh, six weeks, so... I think we could expect some big things from Coleman. I think he's the clear keeper option for the Seawolves um, moving forward. Who do you guys have winning this matchup? Ice Cream versus Wolves. Ice Cream. Yes. I said to you last week, this team's loaded. Um, the Ice Cream are going to dominate. Yeah, I think this one's ugly this week. I think, I don't know, he may have a shot at... Breaking that record this week for high score. Yeah, got a lot of nice matchups. Threatening last week. Yeah. Um, and I think he's going to have just about every week from here on out he's going to have a chance at it. Yeah, really um, good team. Ice cream is really good. Talked to Spears uh, two days ago about it. Might have even been yesterday. Um, as, long as, Zeke, as long as Zeke stays healthy or doesn't get suspended, I think he's got a real shot to, uh, to win this thing moving forward. So, like ice cream this week. I think he's... Uh, definitely the high score for this week. Let's move over to the Elway division. Hammer versus Perkyom and Power. The first place Hammer uh, took over the lead over Papa Kaz in the Elway division. Uh, projected for another big week, even with AJ Green on by. Um, my question, though, is kind of a long-term question for Butler. Should he be looking for a quarterback upgrade for the playoff run? Definite concerns um, with Russell Wilson. What do you guys think? There is some definite concerns. Um, trying to look at his playoff schedule. Week 13, Carolina. Week 14, Green Bay. Week 15, LA. So, I mean, there's two decent defenses in there. Um, I think... You'd have to keep your eyes open and be looking for one. I'm just not sure that there's a good good pickup out there. Um, I don't think he needs to. Wilson's not healthy right now. Uh, I think by the end of the year, maybe he gets a little healthier. Obviously, the knee is uh, slowing him down a little bit. But I think I would hope he can get a little healthier as we go here and... I think he'll figure it out by the end of the year. He's had his bye week already, though. Um, and I don't know how you get healthier if you continue to play. Ed, what were you pointing at the TV for? It was an Anton Smith fumble. Really? That's well for a barber owner. Yeah. That's me. I'm, I'm the guy. So. Pretty sure it was him. Yeah, I think he should be looking for... I think he should be looking for an upgrade just because, like I said... Can't get healthy continuing to play, in my opinion. So, to move over to the Perkyon Power, how high do you guys rank Dak this week as a quarterback? We've seen quarterbacks uh, cut up Cleveland all year, except for Fitz last week on our CBS team. But I think you have to like Dak match, Dak's matchup this week. Although, I think 
Monday night prove that Romo is still the quarterback of this team. I, I don't think he looked very good Monday night against the Eagles. I love him. I like him a lot. I mean, there's going to be games where he's, he struggles a little bit, but I think he's definitely the guy. Um, I think he brings an element that they need with his mobility. Um, these will extend plays like Tony Romo used to, where Des Bryant gets loose down the field. I'm usually the last guy in the world to buy into hype on anybody. I'll be the guy that takes the opposite side when everyone's buying into something and try to argue against it just for fun. But I love Dak Prescott. I'm in on him. Um, like him this week. I think he's easily a top five guy. Uh, I'm not going to say he's easily a top five guy. Um, we got to like the matchup, but kind of smells more like a Zeke week to me than, uh, than necessarily a Prescott week. Um, Cowboys still want to run the ball. Um, I kind of think that limits his is ceiling a little bit. Um, kind of like their ability to score and, and move the ball a little bit, so the yardage should be there. Probably gets in the end zone once or twice. So you, you got to think he's going to put up a nice week, but I, I feel like just the, the running touchdowns take away from his overall uh, ability to put up a huge week. It's funny you brought up rushing touchdowns because that's actually what I think keeps him involved. I mean, he is definitely a goal line threat for them. Saw him run one in on Monday night against the Eagles. And, Eddie, I agree with you, his ability to extend plays, that may be what, you know, separates him, and it's what they don't necessarily have when Romo comes back because he's not that guy anymore. But I have real concerns about his arm talent. Uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's outstanding. I think he threw a lot of balls that the Eagles just didn't take advantage of on Monday night. And I think Romo's probably better in that sense, but... I'm not sure Romo could have done the things that Dak did to win that game for them um, in what I thought was a great effort by the Cowboys to win a, to win a tough football game against an underrated Philly team. So, um, I like Dak yeah, this week. I think some of the throws he made that were kind of the what's-he-doing throws ended up really being smart throws because it was, it was throws where he made like two or three throws that were like 40 yards downfield and the receiver was only like 15 yards downfield and they just looked like ugly Eli Manning of old throws where it looked like he didn't know what he was doing, but I think he did it because he was under huge pressure. He avoided hits, avoided bad plays. I think that's something that he's done pretty well for the most part this year is avoided the bad plays. That's why I like him so much. You Yeah, you may be on to something. I, I said Philly's underrated, and part of that underrated is they have a really good front seven, um, and they were able to put a lot of pressure on him, and maybe that was more of it than the arm talent. Um, I just saw some passes kind of floating almost a little Peyton Manning noodle arm syndrome. Uh, but I'm not sure Romo has a cannon either, so maybe maybe I'm thinking into it too much. And maybe I'm just taking that other side that you like to take, Eddie, when everyone's loving Dak. I, I like to think that this team would be in the same spot that they're in with him at quarterback too because I still think Tony Romo's pretty good. So, Who wins this one, Hammer versus Power? noise here. I don't know that I've ever picked a team to win that has Mike Wallace on it. But I'm going to go with Power. Uh, I'm going to take the Hammer too. I think he's a better team. I think he's got better players. Not sure Carlos Hyde suits up. That would really hurt the Power. Um, and I agree with you, Shane. Don't love the fact that 
You have to start Mike Wallace and Crabtree against Denver. It doesn't look great either. So I'll uh, I'll go I'll go on the other side with Ed. I'll take the hammer. Let's move over to the Bull Weevils versus the St. Louis Patriots. Bull Weevils sitting at three and five, probably a loss away from throwing the towel in. Patriots are reeling, lost two straight. Definite issues at the running back position. We'll start off with the Bull Weevils though. Right now, he's got Shady McCoy penciled into that RB1 spot. Uh, what do you guys expect from Shady if he plays this week at Seattle on Monday night? Tough to say. I mean, even if he is healthy, can we really expect a huge game out of him against Seattle in Seattle? I think the defense is a lot different at home than it is on the road. Um, I'm not sure that running the ball against them is the best way to go. Um, and... I still think there's a lot of risk throwing him out there. There's reports now that he feels the best that he's felt in a while. Um, I just feel like that's window dressing. I'm not sure I'd buy it. Um, it could be easy that he finds a little bit of space and tries to burst and comes up pour, pour, grabbing his hamstring again. So I think it's risky, uh, especially with the matchup. So it's going to be tough to expect a lot out of him. Well, if I'm the McCoy owner, I'm actually hoping he doesn't play this week. Um, I'd like to see him get fully healthy, take the week off, get the bye week, and get back to 100%. Because if he's 100%, I mean, this guy's incredible. He's, he's a top back in the league. But he's always nicked up. So when he's nicked up, you never know if he's going to start. You never know how many touches he's going to get. It, it's always frustrating. I, I owned him last year. It's, it's really frustrating to watch. So hoping that he doesn't play. But if he does, I, I, I still have him in there. Um, still just so much talent. But I expect, like, eight points. Would you be hard-pressed to keep Sproles out of the lineup over McCoy, even if McCoy plays? Or maybe even Derrick Henry? I mean, Derrick Henry's not getting a huge workload, but, man, he's been effective in the carries he's getting. Um, That just seems like a game where they're going to run the rock a ton, like they do every game. Um, I don't know. I think Derrick Henry's approaching... A playable player. Henry, I think Henry. I think Henry's got to be in this week. Uh, Murray's banged up with a toe and a knee, I believe. Um, and I think that this team wants to run the ball first. And I, I really like what Derrick Henry's been doing. He looked great on Thursday night last week. And I agree with Sproles as well. I think Sharp's got to find his way out of that lineup. And I don't know if I'd run the risk of playing McCoy. So, Bowles got some definite decisions to make. And this is ridiculous, Mike. Evans is going to catch 100 balls today. <laughs> this is absurd. Uh, Anything on Henry or Sproles for you, Shane? No, we watched that game last week, and Henry looked great. Henry looked, he looked like the Henry from Alabama. Um, I think I would pencil him into my lineup somewhere for sure. Uh, Tazay Sharp needs to get dropped onto the waivers. Uh, that guy's not good at football. Um, yeah, you can cut him and put someone else in there full. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how it was Tajay Sharp, and then some people got on the Richard Matthews train, and now everyone's on the Kendall Wright train, just kind of tr- tr- hoping someone becomes the guy there. I'd stay away from all of it. Yeah. I'd, I'd start either back before I started any of their receivers. Yeah, the only constant in that passing game is Delaney Walker. He's the only guy you can really trust. I like Kendall Wright. I've always liked Kendall Wright. Um, I think he's got a nice skill set. A uh, guy that can all go deep and also be a short guy um, in the passing game. But 
that's a run-first team with a dominant tight end, and that doesn't shape up well for a wide receiver situation, especially when they got three guys that are all kind of similar. Anton Smith's getting carries still. This is absurd. Oh, that was Barber. All right, never mind. <laughs> Easy, big guy. Easy. I'm on edge, man. I need to win. Uh, all right, uh, let's talk about the Patriots. Are you guys excited about Travis Kelsey with Nick Foles at quarterback? considering what Kelsey was able to do last week with Foles in there? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm excited against anyone that plays a Jacksonville defense after watching. <laughs> Took the words right out of my mouth. Eh? <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. You got to like anyone um, playing Jacksonville. It's tough. it's tough to have Kelsey and excitement go together very often because he just seems to always disappoint. Um, I feel like he's become a guy where you put him in Every week, you're expecting the worst and hoping for the best rather than the other way around with most of the guys you're slating in there. Um, yeah, it seems seems like maybe Foles found him a little bit more. I'm not sure. I don't know if there's something there with that or if it would have been the same if Alex Smith was in. It's tough to say. I don't think his value drops that much. I think I'd like him a little better with, with Smith, but... I don't think it drops that much. Jacksonville's terrible. Um, I still think Kelsey's going to get his looks. Just because we always talk about there's not a whole lot of talent on the outside for the Chiefs. So, I don't, I don't think his value gets hurt too much. I actually really like the Chiefs passing game this week uh, with Foles in there. Foles has a better arm than Smith. Uh, he's comfortable with Andy Reid. I think he's going to have the, uh, the opportunity to take some shots. And one thing I've always said about Kelsey is if they could get him in open space, um, much like the Patriots do, with Gronk, I think he could have that same level of impact. Um, and I think that there's a great opportunity for that this week. So I like Kelsey uh, very much this week. Also, monitoring the Sharkhandrick West situation for the Patriots. Spencer Ware in the concussion protocol. May or may not play. That would be a big boost for the Pats uh, to get Sharkhandrick West. That's such an Adam Schefter statement you just made. Why? He may or may not play. Oh, come on, man. Shefty's the the best. Shefty's the best. Who do you guys got winning? Patriots versus Weevils. Yikes. I am going to go Weevils, and I'm not confident in that. I think this slow start by Julio helps me feel a little bit okay with that. Felt like you'd have 20 points by now. <laughs> Patriots. They're better. <laughs> Every week, Shane loves the Patriots. Um, I'm going to go with the Patriots as well. I think Jones picks it up here at some point in this game. Um, don't love the Michael and McCoy situations, and I just think it's hard for it's hard for Bull to bench McCoy. So I think he runs him out there, and I think he's disappointed by what he does, so. Take the Patriots, but the the West situation's a huge boost for him. Alright, let's move over to Eddie's matchup. Steel Curtain versus Clan, the Clan. Um, big game for the Clan. Gotta go out and beat beat the stinker in the league. Uh, no offense, Ed. Um, but should Fegley be worried about DeMarco Murray this week? Has a good matchup against San Diego, but... Um, 
like I said earlier, banged up. I'm not sure it's a great, great situation for him. I hope not, because I have him in the other leagues that I'm actually relevant in, and he's a big reason why. Um, I think it feels like a game where I don't know. I, I don't know. It feels like a game where they're going to be able to run and do what they want, and they're going to kind of split carries and maybe save him if the score allows them to do so. I'm not sure that it will because I think San Diego is getting better. Um, but I don't know. It's going to be something to monitor going into the game. Um, I actually think San Diego is pretty decent against the run. Um, they're, not, they're not too bad against the run, against running backs. Um, with that being said, I'm not all too worried about DeMarco. Um, he's, a, he's a workhorse. Um, obviously not fully healthy, but still think he's going to have a decent game. Gonna have a, they want to run the ball. They're going to give him the ball. Um, I don't think he puts up the 20-plus like we've seen in the last couple weeks, but say somewhere 12 to 15 within reason. Yeah, I think he's got a good shot at scoring a touchdown, and really that's what he needs him to do this week. I don't think that the uh, the workload is going to necessarily be there for him to be not touchdown dependent this week. Um, but uh, that's kind of where I stand on DeMarco. All right, Steel Curtain. Not a whole lot to talk about, but... Is Michael Thomas the Saints wide receiver that you guys are most excited about moving forward? And is he a potential keeper option over Jarvis Landry for Eddie and the Curtain? Uh, I'm excited about him. I, th- I think he's broken out. I think Papa Cos nailed that when we talked weeks ago about who was the most, uh, best potential to break out. Um, I don't remember what his price tag was. I feel like it was more than it should have been because I was late in the draft and some people had some money. I feel like he was up near $20. So I'm not sure how much of a keeper option he becomes over Landry. I'm definitely thinking about that since I'm already in keeper mode, unlike everybody else in the league. Uh, we'll see. I thought Shepard was the only one that got out of, out of hand. I think yeah. Thomas was definitely 10 or less. Yeah, was he? I, thought I was, think so. I didn't think he got out of hand too much, but I could be wrong. I, I don't have it offhand. Um, I still think I side with Landry over Thomas. Talking about keepers, uh, I think just think Landry's a better player. Um, what about Thomas compared to Fuller then? I think I'd go Thomas just because he has a better quarterback. Because um, Brock Osweiler stinks. He was eight. Eight. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know that Thomas is is a keeper on this team, even though he has some keeper value. I, I don't know that he's a keeper on your team, Ed. I still kind of like uh, Jordan Howard. I think he's pretty good. Um, I think you have some other options here. Yeah, how about that Jordan Howard situation last week? Obviously, you don't play him because he literally didn't touch the ball the week before, and then he goes out and has. The best game ever against the Vikings. It's just what it's just what we do. <laughs> it's clearly a game like where you can't start the guy and he goes off and just rips off a seventy yard run in the first five minutes of the game or whatever it was. Just um, sums up just sums it all up right there. Alright. Who wins this week? Clan versus Curtain. I already made my pick. 
Stop. It's, it's the clan. Alright. And it's not that close. Yeah, it's the clan. Uh, yeah. Sorry, buddy. No, I'm not taking offense anymore. Two weeks ago, maybe. Alright. Finally, the marquee matchup of the week. Shane Stein with the opportunity to send his arch nemesis packing. <laughs> uh, looking like he'll do so right now with Mike Evans just having the best night ever. 13.1 points. And we're still in the first quarter on pace for 52.4. How big was the Dez acquisition for me, though? Uh, Pretty much single-handedly won me the week last week. Uh, Definitely feel a lot better about my team with Dez in the lineup, but still not sure I have enough to uh, compete this week. Was there a question in that? Yeah, how big was the Dez acquisition for me? Clearly, it was, it was big. I mean, you had a, great, had a great week for you last week. You needed a win. You got it. Um, kept, you, kept you alive. Um, and he has a great matchup this week. So you got you to gotta like gotta like where you're headed there. Um, got to expect Dez to put up another nice week for you this week. Um, anytime you can get a player of that caliber, it's obviously going to be a, a nice acquisition for you. All right. Sorry for the stupid question there. Apparently, we'll move over to the teabag at this point. Uh, did, did Shane make? Did Shane make the right call going with Colin Kaepernick as his quarterback this week? Sure. Brandon? No, sure isn't. Oh. I'll allow allow it. Well, I was looking last week and I had some lineup flexibility. I saw that I was going to need a quarterback this week. Um, didn't want to play Bortles and against the Chiefs secondary. Didn't think that was going to be a good matchup, so I dropped him. Picked up Kaepernick because I didn't want to get into a bidding war in the quarterback free agency. There was only two options that I liked. It was him or Prescott. So scooped up Kaepernick. Figured playing at home against the Saints. Can't really get a much better matchup there. Has to have a, at least a decent week, I figured. So figured roll the dice and uh, being in a good spot I mean I'm at 6-2 and two, so I mean it's not like it's a must win I mean obviously I want to win but I figure it can't hurt to, to roll the dice with a matchup at home against the Saints yeah you're the best team in the league right now 6-2 um, and two, number one if I if there were power rankings you'd be at the top um, still don't think I'm as good as ice cream um, I think I'm top three but I don't think I'm as good as ice cream yeah we know you're self deprecating that's fine you think that, that my roster is better than ice cream? I do. I do think it is. Okay. Yeah. Mainly because of Thomas Brady. He's really good. He sure is. Alright, who wins? Dogs versus the Go Homers. T-Bag. This is going to be the highest scoring game of the week. Uh, I think we both have really good week. It's going to take 130 to win. And I'm going to take myself. I'm taking the dogs. I think we get it done this week. I have a good feeling about my team moving forward. like what we're doing. So, set myself up for devastation. But, uh, it's worth it. Trying to get a title. Trying to go back to back like Drake. So. (laughs) Alright. Bold predictions. The favorite segment of the week that no one's ever prepared for. (laughs) So. 
Let's take a, take a couple seconds here. Gather some thoughts. Devontae Parker catches a big one this week. Oh, yeah? Why do you say that? Because he's going up against the Jets? The Jets have been bad, and I think Tannehill has been surprisingly <clears throat> pretty good throwing the deep ball. I think that's the one thing he's actually done well. Um, so I think Parker gets a big one this week. All right. Um, I'm going to go Phil Rivers, top 10 quarterback this week. I think uh, I think Phil's playing some good football. And I like the matchup against Tennessee. We saw what Bortles was able to do against them, uh, even though they weren't necessarily trying at that point in the game. But I think I think Phil senses that this may be his last chance to get in the playoffs with this team. And I think he's going to do what he has to do to get there. So I like Phil Rivers this week. I like that one. Um I'm going to go Eli Manning, top five quarterback this week. You hate the Eagles so I think, much. I think he does some good things against that Eagles secondary coming off the bye. All right, Ed, you got another one for us? I'm going to go Derek Carr, top seven. <laughs> against that Denver D. Yeah, that's what makes it bold. I like it. It's been unbelievable. Another guy that I'm all in on. Which is weird because I like, like I said, I like to go the opposite way, but I think he's really good. <clears throat> yeah, Carr, um, he'd be my MVP pick right now. So definitely like what what Carr's been doing. My running back bold prediction: CJ Procise will outscore Kristen Michael this week on the Monday night game for the Seahawks. Um, don't like the running game against Buffalo. And I think Procise showed last week that he's electric, and I think they're going to find ways to get him the football. And I think he has a nice game this week. like that. Um, you like that? I do like that. I'm going to go with... Maybe on Bell. Two touchdowns this week. Oh, you bum. Catch the football. Don't know how bold that is, but he hasn't been in the end zone this year yet. Um, I think he breaks through and gets in twice this week. Just going to do it to me, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's going to be my guy. <laughs> going to be the dude. All right. One last bold prediction. Nice. Uh, him and Tyler Lockett, both terrible football players. <laughs> um, Dante Moncrief will be the number one wide receiver this week. In all of fantasy? In all of fantasy football. Wow. He is outstanding. Andrew Luck loves him. Um, and the Packers can be passed on. So, okay. Moncrief. That'll be in my FanDuel lineup. I'm going to hit you with this one, Ed. Um, Jarvis Landry, over 100, two scores. Going to be a big week for Jarvis Landry. He's allergic to the end zone, so be interested to see if that one that one pays off for you. Well, I'm even willing to go. He's going to be close to 150. I thought you were going to say three scores. <laughs> no, not three scores, but he's going to be close to 150. Not enough to get the curtain to win, though. Not enough to get the curtain on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Drum roll, please. Two for one special. 
What do we got? How did you do last week? I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. You don't have uh, them written down in uh, front of you? Detroit. What did Detroit do last week? I don't they, remember. They did not cover. They did not cover. And Washington, I had. They covered. Because they tied. They tied. <laughs> there you go. Shooting 50% for the year again. Let's go. Gonna go opposite of all everything you said about, about Philip Rivers. Seems like it's about his time to make sure that his team doesn't make the playoffs. And I'm gonna go with Tennessee plus five. And I'll also go with Buffalo plus seven. I like Buffalo when they go out west. It's worked before. I'm going back to it. <laughs> Why you say that with a smile on your face? I don't know because I keep talking about this whole east-west travel thing like it's, it's like it's important. <laughs> It is a thing. It is a thing. Um, you are so reactionary. To what? You picked up the Jaguars last week as your streaming defense going up against Tennessee, and now you're taking them on the road. Are they on the uh, road? I don't even uh, know. If they're, I don't it's know. at San Diego. It's at San Diego. Yeah, so you're going to take Tennessee getting points now. Basically, still- what that tells me is you think the Jaguars are better than the Chargers. Jaguars defense. <laughs> I didn't care. Uh, first of all, second of all, I don't think San Diego is as good as people think they are. They're a scrappy team. They are scrappy. You're right. You keep Melvin Gordon out of the end zone, though you beat him. What's that line? I didn't hear you say the line. Five. Five. Is yeah. Is uh, actually, I like Tennessee there getting five because every Chargers game comes down to three points. So yeah, there's always it's always one possession. At the end. <laughs> Someone's gonna have make a play, win or lose. Yeah. All right, well, we're through the first and a half quarter of the uh, Thursday night game tonight. Shane dominating, as we expect him to. Um, Not much more else to say. We're going to wrap this thing up. Anything else to add before we close, guys? Big week. uh, Got a bunch of... (laughs) He was going to say that. Every time you say anything else to add, Shane goes, Oh, big week. It's exciting. Exciting time. No, I'm just saying we got a bunch of teams... Bunched up between the three and five, five and three areas. Um, little playoff push here as we get back into divisional play. See if we the five and three teams can separate, or if uh, it's going to be even more bunched up next week. Um, I think the way we picked them, we're expecting to see some separation. Yeah, definitely. Man, Bowl will be selling. That's all I heard. All right, this wraps up the week nine podcast. Good luck this weekend, fellas, and we'll talk to you next week.